0: Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to the audio podcast of the Practice Manager webinar recorded on Wednesday the 4th of August. So welcome everybody, um, a small select group of us I think today because it's August and hopefully those of you who are watching are also able to have a good rest and a break at some stage. So welcome to our practice manager webinar. Our team today um, comprised of Michelle Lombardi, a Director of Primary Care, Helene Irvin, our Nurse Advisor, and Dawn Childcraft, our Assistant Director of Primary Care. And um, I'm Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education. So our focus today is on flu. That, things we do know, The things that we don't know, and we're doing a little bit of myth busting. Um, So there's obviously lots of chatter about flu at the moment, and we just want to help you through the minefield that is the flu program for this year. So first of all, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Spaces to Thrive, which is a project and an initiative we've just started for practice managers. And the idea is a space to give you headspace, space in your diary, a space to share and discuss and to develop and to thrive and to flourish. So we're very conscious of the plates that you are spinning at the moment. And I shared um, a few weeks ago about it's really important to catch some of those spinning plates before they crash the floor. And we really want to help you do that. And um, all your peers are brilliant at helping you as well. So the idea will have groups to chat and share and grow together. The spaces will be hosted by one of our practice manager supporters who, as you know, are not experts in anything, but are very experienced practice managers and absolutely know how you feel and know what it's like to be um, managing all those different things at the moment. Probably be run on alternate weeks for about an hour done virtually at the moment because um, of the COVID situation, but hopefully we'll group you together so that you can get together in real life um, at some stage as we move on. Um, The practice manager supporter will probably start with a short summary of what's happening um, at the moment. And then each of you can share what's challenging you, what's taking up your time. And you can each offer opinions and just share with each other um, some ways forward. And we'd really love this to be a support space for you for the next three months. We can really see the fact it's going to be busy. It's busy now, but the flu program isn't going to make things any less busy. So we'd really like them to last more than just a couple of weeks. We absolutely know you don't have time to do it. If you look at your diaries now, I'm sure and your inboxes, you would say, this is the last thing I want is one more thing in but we're really hoping it can help you to plan and prioritise because if you're sharing the challenges with others and looking to the future, then actually it might be a time that's a really that so you can actually save some time um, by asking your colleagues and also perhaps vendor support will have access to all of us and all the LMC resources so we might be able to get you some quick answers to things. We want you to be able to prepare for future challenges, um, look at your own skills and actually look at your own career and development needs. We don't see this as a, um, we've just got to help you out of this, this particular tricky situation with the flu. We see this as let's grow together as a group and let's have the practice managers growing together as groups and have spaces all around our patch to really help you and support you over the next few months. So if you're interested, let me know. Just drop me an email. Um, there's some there's a little bit on our website called um, Space to Thrive and we've got some FAQs on there for any queries you might have. Um, we want it to be positive, we want it to be really helpful. Um, and we think this might be an opportunity for you um, just to get involved and just be with be with each other and support each other because it's been just such a tricky time. And as I say, we're not 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 thinking it's going to be easier now. But we want to look forward to the future and we want to um, enable you to be the best you possibly can be um, in all senses so um, I hope that's helpful and as I say any queries do come in um, and um, email me about that and I'm happy to share anything and chat it through with you. So now moving on to other um, issues so Michelle I
1: think you're going to kick off for us today and you're going to look at, um, at Covid. Yeah, I think I'm going to look at a few things today. So, we're going to start with COVID um, and this relates to vaccinations in pregnancy and you may be aware that NHS England have sent an urgent letter out to primary care and maternity services encouraging um, practices to look at how they can encourage their pregnant uh, patients to have the COVID vaccine. Believe that if they contract COVID whilst they're pregnant, there is some real risk factors with this and there's some now growing concern about it. So, it's really just a highlight, you may know this already, just to highlight where working with your pregnant patients to see if you can encourage them to have the the COVID vaccine. Just wanted to move on to some queries that we're getting into the office, particularly around COVID. And the first is around patients requesting a change of name on their medical record. And this completely relates to uh, travel and that their passport doesn't link in with their COVID vaccination passport, unfortunately. For whatever reason, they may have got married or they've changed their name in the interim when they've booked a holiday. So if we had this question, usually our advice to practices with patients who want to change their name on their medical record is that actually the medical record isn't a legal document and therefore they can be known as to whatever they want to be on their medical record and they don't need any proof of um, A proof of change or deed poll to undertake that action. This is a slightly different request in that they're trying to match something to enable them to travel. And we have what we would suggest is that if you get, if you receive a request like this, you ask them to for a, a proof of why they want to change the name, for example, a marriage certificate, or you could look on your clinical system to look at previous names, and it will be a practice decision as to whether you want to, Im- to undertake this change. It's really difficult because actually they can be known as to whatever they wish on their record. So, m- our feeling is that you possibly will need to undertake this. We are seeking advice from the BMA in relation to this area. The only other caveat I would just suggest is that I don't know how long it takes for the change of name to translate through to the COVID passport. So, there could be a delay there and actually it might not be done quick enough. I mean, the ideal option would be for them to change their passport if their name is incorrect on their passport because they've got married and haven't changed it, for example. Um, but uh, it's really just to be aware that you, we are getting, you may get these requests and, uh, and how to manage these. Another area that we're receiving queries on is uh, vaccines not appearing in the NHS app, particularly if you've had these undertaken overseas. And I think it's really just to highlight the fact that the NHS app will only identify currently any vaccines that have been given in England, and therefore they won't be appearing in the NHS app. I know this is slightly concerning for patients if they want to travel. However, there is work being undertaken by NHS Digital as they recognise this is an issue um, around... Up- updating the app to enable this, but there is a discussion about whether that the uh, vaccine overseas does actually enable them to have a certificate. So as soon as we've got any more detail on this, we will update practices. The other um, area just to highlight is that at 119, um, we believe that from August, we haven't actually had formal confirmation of this. I think it was in an NHSE bulletin. They will now deal with any, or they should be dealing this month with any of the queries that come through around the NHS app and missing missing, uh, vaccines. So if you get any queries from patients, uh, you can offer them 119 contact. And I can see Dawn has got a hand up. So I'm going to go over to Dawn.
2: Hi, Michelle. Um, I just uh, went to check on this at lunchtime um, and... You're absolutely right. It is saying the bulletin that they expect it to go live in August. Mm -hmm. However, it's not yet. Okay. That's really frustrating,
1: isn't it? Very Very. frustrating. Okay, so as soon as we hear any more, we will share that with practices. Moving on to vaccines where they've had, thanks Dawn. um, Moving on uh, to vaccines where they've had their first dose abroad and then they want the second dose in uh, when they're in the UK. There is evidence on the the evidence, sorry, there is information on the um, public health website around a policy that gives you the guidance on this. There's quite a complex table that maps each of the vaccines that they've had on their first dose into the ones that are um, being given in England. So it's worth having a look at that. That will be put up with our podcast and is on our available on our website on our COVID vaccination page. And the other question is if you if they've had the vaccine and there's no evidence of the first dose. That that's going to be a clinical judgment as to whether you give the full, the full course. Um, but there's more, more guidance within the document from public health. Okay, so moving on to the next uh, topic, Uh, we wanted to talk a bit about the temporary emergency registration that's been provided by the GMC to doctors as part of the COVID-19 pandemic response. So it's really just to highlight that this will remain in place until the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care declares the emergency over. I believe the GMC are actually contacting um, doctors on the temporary register to ask about their plans. So there may be contact uh, uh, from the GMC on this. And just to also highlight that the GPs on the register are obviously supporting with the COVID vaccination program, but also could support in other areas such as up and coming flu, vac- uh, flu campaigns, which we're just going to come on to in a second. Um, but yeah, it was just to highlight that the um, emergency registration will remain until the, the Secretary of State declares the emergency over. Okay, so really going moving on to the um, meaty topic that we've got of flu. So people may be aware that, I'm sure you're aware that the specification for flu has been released and it was released on Monday. Um, If you haven't, it was done via the NHSE bulletin and it also included the childhood IMS flu um, specification as well. So what I thought I'd do is really just go through some of the um, key points that I think it would be useful to highlight. Um, And if there's any questions, we can take those at the end. Um, So, the specification is from the 1st of September 2021 until the 31st of March 2022. There's no change there. That's the normal timeframe of which we would normally have a flu specification. There is the ability within the enhanced service to terminate it. Should there be any amendments that are made to to the agreement that then deems the the practice unable to provide the the programme? It does set out that you can set the date, but it has to be no uh, sooner than 28 days. Um, So you can amend that the... the specification is not able to be locally amended by uh, CCGs, it has to be uh, amended by ministerial decision and that actually need to sign up by the 16th of August and they're quite specific. So Monday the 16th of August at 23.59 is the, is the time frame you need to sign up by. Any variations that will be undertaken throughout the year on the enhanced service and there is a caveat within the agreement obviously we're all waiting on the JCVI information that um, any variations and you've signed up will actually be an opt-in process so if you are unable to provide it as I've said because of any changes then you will need to uh, terminate that agreement. The eligible patients have not changed, Um, it's it's still as it was they have now, um, for the first time, included over 50s at the beginning of, this, uh, of the season, actually not halfway through, which is positive. The other area just to mention is the health and social care staff um, that are employed by nursing homes and also voluntary managed hospice staff. They are obviously entitled to, to flu vaccines and this year it has changed, I believe, that Uh, you are able they are able to be given by uh, non-registered practices so if you pay if they're not a patient with you but you cover that nursing home you are able to undertake that vaccine the only thing I will say with that is when you read the specification pretty much down the bottom there is a table that identifies all the eligible cohorts and one of the cohorts obviously is the frontline health and social care staff unfortunately I think there has been a, a a copy over from last year that it says it can only be given by the registered practice. I think this is an error, but we are just clarifying that. So from from all the comms that we've seen from other organisations, it's very much that practices can now give in the nursing homes the patients that are registered and also the staff, but we're just clarifying that. I think it's an error, but we will clarify that for you. Within the specification, it does give the operation around um, collaboration with PCN groupings and the co-administering of COVID. And also this is the same as it was last year, asking practices to record the ethnicity if it's not already recorded within the record. Highlight, I would like just to highlight around the call and recall. So they are asking for one written communication to be sent to um, eligible patients. And this could be in the form of a letter or an SMS text. We're just going to come on to uh, national protocol in a second, but I just wanted to highlight around the uh, recording of the vaccine. So within the specification it does say that when you've when the vaccination is given, the recording of this on the medical record has to be undertaken on the same day and also if you receive notification from a different provider that that notification needs to go on the date of receipt that you've received it at the practice. Just picking up on the issue around PGds and national protocol I think we might have picked up on that in a previous webinar. a national protocol is being developed for flu which is really positive because it will enable you to break down the various processes within a path within giving the flu vaccine and enable you to continue with uh, how you may have worked previously whereas the PGd there was some there has been some clarity given that actually, You can't break that process down. The process has to be managed by one individual, it can't be broken down into different people. And then the reporting activity will be undertaken through Inform, but this is to inform the official statistics and actually the payments will be monitored as it has always been through CQRS or in the last couple of years. And that you need to accept the um, invite you'll receive through CQRS to enable this. We have had confirmed recently, and I think it's alluded to in the specification that there will be a central supply become available. And I think it will be very similar to what was organized last year and further details are due out in in relation to that, but they have included details of that in the specification. Payments, so the payment is still the same as it was last year, 10 pounds and six per vaccine. And that for any uh, vaccines purchased by the practice, the dispensing fee can be claimed for these. And then finally, just wanted to highlight around the monthly claims. So, as I've mentioned, CQRS will be the mechanism in which you uh, undertake your claims. So, if there is, if for whatever reason it's not available and it, within the time frame, and you have to manually do these, the claims need to be submitted within 12 days of the end of the month. If the automated collection on it, through CQRS is working, then the five-day then a five-day period will enable will be um, will we need to be adhered to. And then also just to really highlight that the claim, so claims to commissioners need to be undertaken within six months of the date of administration. They do say that there could be extenuating circumstances. So if there are, then to highlight these to the commissioner if they haven't been claimed in six months. And that was all I wanted to say. Sorry, that was a, that you have, I have. Mean, I'll take a breath now because it feels like I've just rambled through that. Um, Brilliant. No, yeah.
0: I mean, you've got such a good grasp of it, Michelle. It's really helpful. So, there's a few questions I think it'd be helpful um, to ask you now, while while we've just a uh, natural break before we go on to Helene. So, are we supposed?
1: How are we supposed to update patient records if they are not registered at our practice? I think that's a really good question. And what when you read that bit in the in the specification, it says. If you've given a vaccine to a non-registered patient, you need to follow national guidance in notifying them. Well, I'm not sure what the national guidance is, to be honest, so we need to uh, we need to ask that question because what you need to do is then notify the practice to enable them to update their records as well. So we need to there's a number of questions that have fallen out, and that's one of them. Lovely. Thank you, Mat. That's very reassuring. And um, two th- people have asked that, haven't they? So that's uh,
0: yeah yeah, how does the payment work if they're not our staff?
1: Do we tempt bridge? How does that, that's a very good question. Again, these are all questions that we. How would we. How would we have done it for COVID? It's the I suppose is. But we need to think this through. Um, I think these are all really good questions. Okay. And we're going um, to need to find the answers. So how do we record vaccination given to non registered care home staff? Yeah. I think it kind of all, interlinks. Yeah. So all of those questions. I think we absolutely need to get answers on and it's not going to be the same. It's not even going to you can't mirror what's going on with COVID, can you? Because actually there's a separate system that enables you to find those patients. So I so I think we're going to I don't think we've got the answer and we need to go away and get them. OK, so claiming for non-registered staff, i.e. care home staff, again,
0: it's the same sort of thing, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, okay. I think they all interlink and this is the biggest question isn't it that we yeah. need to get an on um,
0: and just a comment that we will all echo wow more work yes um, but we'll move over that because we, there's nothing positive we can say about that so we're just going to
1: move quickly on um, could we register non-register patients as immediate necessary so I think that that potentially could be the answer couldn't it but it's not ideal because that's a huge that's a, an administrative um, burden that you're going to yeah. need to undertake uh, they need to find a fix for this it's great that they've enabled this because actually I think we would call it we've been calling for this um for a long time and pharmacies have been able to do it haven't they previous in previous mm, years mm. but they need to put the system in place to support practices to do it so we will raise these questions
0: yeah and um, comment that yes pinnacle was used for covid so I guess the implication yep. is why can't we use that sort of system? But we don't know. That'll be asked. Pharmacies use outcomes for health to record their flu vaccines. Maybe we need to use that system going forward. That's a good point. Yep. Um, good point. Um, so comment. I haven't seen anything to sign up for the flu
1: campaign by the 16th of August. Has this been issued So, this is the, that's what's within the specification. So, it's quite, I'm just going to go back over my notes to make sure I've got that correct. So, within the specification that was released from NHS England on Monday, there was a statement within that, that it needed to be done by that day on the 23rd of, sorry, 16th of August, 2359. I don't know, we need to clarify with CCGs how they're going to get your sign up to this, because that's what's really critical, isn't it? Mm.
0: Um, we have each brought our own vax. If we're able to vaccinate any patient, this could cause issues, as many homes have residents from different surgeries.
1: Yes, of course they do. Difficult. I think that I think we just need to be clear on what has been said. It's actually the staff. So it's only frontline. From the way I've read it, it's only frontline staff where you can register. Not where you can give the vaccine to non-registered patients. I if don't it's believe it's anybody.
0: So we're focusing on the staff in
1: in the care homes and the nursing homes, not the patients at the not moment. Not the patients. I don't believe, but we could. I again, I would. I'm going to go back and quickly read the the spec just to see if that's correct.
0: Will we be able to order more vaccines? Care home staff weren't included in our numbers ordered, and we have large number of care homes. Yes, it's going to
1: disproportionately affect some places, isn't it? Absolutely. So there will be the central supply potentially available, which may help with some of that. I believe there is one manufacturer still taking orders. I don't know which one. It was an update that was given at a meeting that I was at. So it may be worth just checking with your suppliers whether you could order more. Um, But I believe the central supply. So that might help with some of that. Okay. And just a
0: comment that um, I've checked CQRS and flu has not been offered. So there's
1: obviously just not yet, I guess. Yeah, and it was only, this spec was only released on Monday, so we're still trying to fine-tune the detail. And uh, the non-registered patient bit is the key bit that we need to get yeah. more information on.
0: It's hard, isn't it? Because the information is released, but not all the detail, but yet the practice have to sign up so soon. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's the same with the COVID booster, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you, Michelle. I'm sure we'll come back to some of that. Um, Helene, we're just going to move on to you now, to, to your bits with for flu, please.
3: So the training for flu, you'll be glad to know, is very similar to what's happened in the past. Um, PHE, you've got a flu immunization training recommendations um, that all relevant staff should complete. And there's the flu immunization e-learning program, and the three, that consists of three core modules. Um, and we can obviously put the links to all this um, on, the, on the website. Um, everybody should have today training, anaphylaxis management, um, adult basic life support, and also um, administration of intramuscular injections. Relevant staff, particularly new staff um, uh, and non-registered staff, should be assessed for competency and the PHE have actually produced a flu vaccinator competency assessment tool. And that's done by a supervisor. Registered healthcare professionals um, who are experienced vaccinators can complete a self-assessment form. The one thing that is stated in the new document is face to face training is required for all non registered and or inexperienced vaccinators uh, with refresher face to face training for registered healthcare care professionals um, is to ensure consistency, really, um, of practice uh, regarding um, in IM injection techniques. And all practitioners should be confident in the task. Uh, we have been assured that um, attending a webinar is fine. That sort of ticks the face-to-face training box, because obviously attending a webinar allows the delegates to um, answer any questions, so it's more interactive. Um, and Louise, um, on our website, and um, you know, we've already identified some training programs. If you have any queries around that, then please come back to us and we'll, we'll try and um, answer uh, any questions you have. The only thing I would say, I know everybody's really, really busy and and worn out at the moment. It's a bit of a time for some headspace. However, um, you know, I think it's going to be very busy. I think we're all aware that uh, people, you know, I think probably more and more people even the last year will now be wanting their flu because of the previous COVID crisis. I think it's worth just double checking that your cold chain policy is up to date, that everybody involved in the cold chain, from those that receive the vaccinations at the desk to so those that putting them in the fridge, et cetera, and those administrating the vaccines are aware of the cold chain. And obviously, particularly if you have new members of staff, that's really important. Um, ensure that your fridges have um, been recently uh, checked, good time to have them cleaned, um, and everybody knows the safety of the fridges and the temperatures and everything else. So that, that would just be my advice, really, just be pre-warned and be, be pre-prepared.
0: Um, Thank you, and Michelle, I think you wanted to come in
1: there. Yeah, just a couple of things. It just occurred to me, there was a huge amount of information imparted uh, talking about the flu. And I wonder whether it's worth me just doing a summary, a bit like we've done for weight and long COVID, that we could pop onto our website around the key bits that I've talked about. I have gone back to the spec just so that we need to be really crystal clear what we're talking about with non-registered patients. And I've just had a look and basically it it's only applicable. So, the non-registered patient bit is only applicable to the frontline health and social care staff. It doesn't include any of the eligible cohorts. Um, so, I just wanted to clarify that because I think that might cause some anxiousness if it is everybody. It is just frontline health and care social, uh, social care staff. Thank you, Michelle. That's helpful. Um, Helene, did you want to talk about anything else with flu? Um,
3: No, I don't think so, um, except that Dawn and I will be updating um, the flu information as we did in in previous years, really. Um, It keeps changing. There's new information coming through all the time. We're we're trying to keep ahead and be proactive in in the information around possible co-administration of both vaccines and how that will work uh, and the timeframe involved. And although there's been dates and um, banded around, we're, we're trying to get the actual detail on that um, and the facts around it and where the reference comes from. But it's still very much up in the air, really. And we will obviously update people and um, provide you with relevant information as it comes through. It's unbelievably
0: complicated this year, as it hasn't been before, really. Um, I'm just thinking, um, we're saying though, really, if you can, crack on with your flu plans, with your flu training and all the cold chain prep policies, Um, baseline support, everything else you can do to get completely ready because we just don't know um, about COVID and co-administration and we're still waiting, aren't we, for the study to come out about that. So we're just trying to say don't wait, don't hang on, because actually you could be wasting time, really. Um, so it, we know it's just so unbelievably hard. But um, if you can just crack on with what I, this, what they call is the control, the controllables, isn't it? There's, there's that little bit that's in your control about getting some, some bits done. Um, and then, of course, a lot of it is not in our control at the moment. So um, that would be helpful. I think one more question has just come in that I shall just get up. Um, can we advise on giving staff, so our own staff, flu? Jabs, please. Yeah, that can be
3: done as it, well, I'm sure that Dawn and um, Michelle will comment, but yes, that can be done in the past. I know that we don't have an occupational health program in general practice, but that hasn't changed as far as I know from last
1: year. Am I correct, colleagues? Is that I believe so, but you just need to make sure you've got the correct indemnity um, yeah. because actually CNSGP won't cover that because it's occupational. So if you've got the correct indemnity, then you are able to give your staff the flu, Flu vaccine, and you just need to check with them.
0: That's helpful. That's a good point. Thank you, Michelle. Um, I think that's us done for flu at the moment. We absolutely know this is just the beginning of the flu campaign, but we just hope that was helpful for you. Obviously, we're doing this every other week, and we will update you as soon as we can. We won't wait two weeks, clearly, if something really important comes out. Um, but we're just trying to give you the facts, and we know there's lots of stuff and chatter out there. But actually, some we're just trying to concentrate on what's absolutely accurate so we can reference it and we know this is actually um, the facts that you need to work with. So, Helene, I think you're going to go on to another vaccination.
2: Uh,
3: yes, I just wanted to chat through um Gardasil. Really, currently, we use Gardasil, there is a new vaccine coming out or a different vaccine called Gardasil 9, um, which will come out in the 2021 to 2022 academic year. Um, you um can continue to supply the vaccine from HPV program in the usual way, via inform. Um, what we would, what they are advising is that you use your current stock of Gardasil before switching to Gardasil 9, and there will be a new PG um, coming on board. So, the current Gardasil covers four types of HP um, virus. Gardasil 9 actually has an additional five, so it is actually a more it protects against more HPV vaccines, that's what they've done it, and it is open to both males and females. The um, administration schedule is slightly different in that um, for those people aged 9 to 14, uh, they will continue with a two-dose schedule. Um, they can have three, but it's two, so that's six months apart. And for people aged 15 and over, then that's normally given as a three-dose schedule, but that will be determined by the, um, the local PHE um, department. But that's the information we have at the moment, um, if things, and if things—and again, we will be adding the information onto our website as and when it comes becomes available. Really helpful, thank
0: you, Helene. Um, so, just as a round off that section, just to let you know, we do have um, places on our courses, which are all done virtually at the moment. So, um, as I say, that ticks the face to face box because you can ask questions on introduction to flu and flu updates and basic life support. Um, but obviously, there's other. Um, avenues you can go down which are all available for flu so there are lots of different ways of updating um so hopefully that's helpful any queries on any of that look at our website or email um, myself or helene and we'd be very happy to to um, answer any queries about that on you um
2: dawn i think we're going to come to you now for mgp dpr mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, I'm the lucky one today. Um, there's a win for the BMA and the RCGP here um, who championed this issue for for practices, and rightly so. Uh, GPDPR, General Practice Data for Planning and Research. Um, there was a letter issued called uh, couple of weeks ago. Um, Some of you might have seen it. Um, And the letter is from the Department of Health and Social Care, and they are confirming that the work on GPDPR is pausing. Um, There was the date of the 1st of September when it was all delayed until, but that date of the 1st of September now is no longer set in stone. And actually what they're saying now is that there is no specific date for the collection. Instead, they're going to commit to start uploading data only once they have everything in place. And for those that want to look at what they class as everything, the letter um, and details on our website, um, on a webpage strangely called GPDPR, um, patients won't also need to opt out uh, by the 1st of September. They'll have the opportunity, in effect, to opt out at any time um, because one of the... um, recommendations and updates is NHS Digital are going to be creating a technical means whereby it will allow GP data that has previously been uploaded to the system via GP DPR um, to be deleted as soon as someone does opt out whenever that may be, um, which sounds fantastic. So let's hope that they, they do get that into place. Um, Like I said, if you want to read the letter in full and a little bit more of the detail around it, it's on our website and the page is called GPDPR um, or General Practice Data for Planning Research. Um, But to confirm, the date of the 1st of September, everybody is no longer set in stone. There is no specific date set anymore. So hopefully we can breathe a little bit more.
0: Dawn, um, we're all very glad you did that. You're very good to sit and you seem to have your complete handle on it, which is fantastic. Um, yes, yeah, a little bit of a sad relief there, I think, and that sounds like good news. So, there are no more questions, and I think we've come to the end. Of that was a whistle stop tour, really, and um, lots of information. Hope it's been useful. As ever, we'll put the things on the website. We will, um, you can re listen to this if you want to, and sure perhaps but, but all, all Michelle's flu thing, we can sort of slow down and listen to it again because it was so helpful and such a useful summary. But we will do more on that. And we will do more on flu. And we wish you, hope that you can enjoy a little bit of this time. And um, we will be back again in in two weeks time. And if we have nothing to share and there's no no update on flu, we will equally let you know that actually it's not on. But at the moment, we will certainly update you on flu and anything else that's relevant. And um, take care. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.